Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 Umbles Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory, and uh, also uh, the pre-owned inventory goes through an extensive uh, inspection. That way it gets the Sunbury Motors guarantee, invaluable. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia Roots, 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. So was Bullers in today, the dog? He was, actually. He's looking good. Yeah, I heard he's doing well. I guess they they, they took the caging that normally is around the corner office and they moved it to... <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I, I, have, I have concerns. I mean, you notice how she, she took my advice. Because the last time she had... The suit in the same office with the dog, right? That's right. Which I pointed out was a potential hostage situation. All right, so uh, <laughs> four dogs like, whoa, why, why am I, why am I listening to this? Looking around, one right, went to Ward Four. <laughs> All right, time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The Flyers all over the Penguins last night. Now to avoid the Pittsburgh forechecking into the big hit from Zucker, but got that puck back to Gossespierre, who tries to spring Lott. He's got him. Lott moving up. Lott and hold. Back to Allison with the shot. He scores! Allison second in the NHL. It is 4-0 Philadelphia. That's when I turned it off. <laughs> it was for nothing. I said, I think they're okay right now. Oh, I savored every moment because it's been a rough go. I turned it off as it does. Hogan's Heroes is on. Let's watch that for a while. All right. So let's get to the NFL draft. We bring in the incomparable Neil Kulong, sir. Welcome. Always great to have you with us. Yeah, it's great to be here as always. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's, uh, let's get right to the draft. Najee Harris. Uh, I, w- I want to talk about the quality of the man first. Uh, there was a time in 2010, his family had nothing. And so uh, they had to spend several months in a homeless shelter in the Bay Area. And that's where he watched the draft from, that shelter. And he said, it's pretty tough not having a home when you're a young boy. Food wasn't good. I wanted to do something for the people who helped my family. At first, I wanted to go there and tell people I had not forgotten them. What does it tell you not just about the prospect, but about the quality of the man? Just absolutely seems like the kind of guy the Steelers love investing first-round picks into. I mean, maybe not even as a tiebreaker, but a lot of those guys have stories like that. Not necessarily the, the, the poverty part, but... 
uh, very open to others, very em- empathic, um, very caring. Everything about him, he screams he's an A-plus character kid. And you, you, you have to enjoy knowing uh, that, that that's kind of your base. Now, you and I have poked all kinds of fun at Artie Burns over the years, but Artie Burns was an A-plus guy. He still is an A-plus guy. He is taking, ca- he is taking care of his family, especially his brother, because he had to do it. And we, you and I have brought that up about Artie Burns, yep. that, that he yep. has been and- that kind of person. You love the fact that he was given the opportunity to do that. That was a priority for him. It would have been great to, to see him work out you yes. know, better than, than he did, perhaps, as a player. But um, they're going to, to invest money in character like that. That's the kind of guy that they want to get with their first-round pick. And I think Harris certainly knocks that out of the park. And it, it, it certainly helps um, on top of that. But, you know, the actual important part really is uh, he's got to be able to play. And certainly, there, there's not really a hole in his game. Um, he, he's a, he's a good all-around player, and the fact that he's an A-plus guy on top of it makes the team that much more excited to, to bring him in and to start developing him to be one of their future core guys, which I really think he's in a position to be. Um, it, it's it's a solid all-around pick in in a lot of different ways. Um, I I have said before I more of the issue for me I joked about this on on Twitter on Thursday night it, it's not you it's the position it, it's not so much that I don't want a guy like him with that skill set I don't think it, it's the best thing for an offense to do uh, to, to focus the majority of their their snaps uh, toward their running back I don't think having 30 plus carries a game is a good way to win games in, in today's NFL mm-hmm. uh, if he is uh, situation based if he is winning those downs, which they did not do last year at all, third and one, third and two, fourth and one, fourth and goal, those plays, if he's the difference in winning uh, the majority of those plays, which they did not do last year, it's a, it's a great pick. I don't care what he does with any other snap that he gets in the game. They don't have a player like that. To me, that's the real value. It's not his cumulative stats. I don't think he's somebody that you want to get the ball uh, from quarterback to, to handoff uh, 275, 300 times a year. I, I don't think that that's a good way to run an offense nowadays. But on a per-carry basis, on a per-touch basis, he's a winner. He can make plays. He makes others around him better. To me, that that's really what you want to find in a, a first-round pick, even if it's not the trendy, popular uh, way to do it. I understand that the overall sense of a lack of value of taking a running back, but he's a really good running back and he can do a lot of other things uh, that help them win situationally, which is what they could not do last year. Um, and they were a terrible running team. You might have heard about that, but 3.6 yards a carry as a team is awful. Uh, if he can boost that up to four, if he can score goal line touchdowns, if he can convert first downs, I think it's great. That's exactly what they need to do. Yeah, that's why when I've been asked about Saquon Barkley being chosen two overall by the Giants, I said that's a great pick. I said because he's not just a running back. He's a fabulous receiver wherever you put him, slot, out of the backfield, and he can block. I said the guy can give you 20 to 25 touches a game. They all don't have to be running back touches. Yeah, and on top of that, you can run him out of the backfield to show people that's what you're going to yes. do. I mean, let's, let's just look at this from outside in football in, in a situational approach. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get to the tight end here in a second. But if you look on the outside of the Steelers' uh, offensive line last year in their jumbo packages, they couldn't hold the edge to save their lives. They were a horrendous blocking edge team last year. 
can't run outside zone, can't get anything out, uh, you know, on the wing uh, to challenge a defense. That that funnels everything else inside. Where you have a center that I think was on maybe one leg last year. Right. Marquise Pouncey did not play well at all last year. Um, your guard play was not exceptional. On top of that, and then you have running backs that don't have good vision and don't have have good power at the point of attack. Harris is able to do all of those things that they would need if the play has to go inside. But the reality is the Steelers did not have any options last year. With what they built in this draft, and Harris is obviously the, the centerpiece of it, they're going to be able to have options in short yardage situations, in, in specialty situations. Uh, all of that said, the, the value to them is they're able to win downs that extend a possession. They're able to win downs that end in touchdowns. They didn't do that last year, and that hurt them a lot more than I think what advanced analytics is really going to show you. It's about opportunity. You know, third and one to, to first and, and ten is a winning down. I don't care what happened on the play, uh, but they couldn't win any of that because they couldn't run the ball. And because they couldn't run the ball, they're not able to pass it because that's how a defense is playing them. That starts on the outside into the running back. And now they have a, a difference maker, as, as Mike Tomlin would say, in the backfield, whereas before they had nothing. I mean, their running back room was almost as bad as their tight end room was. And it's not a coincidence. Those are the first two positions they addressed. All right, so then let's get to the tight end part. Now, obviously, I'm extremely familiar with the pick in uh, uh, Pat Fryermuth. But when you look at the Steeler tight end situation and then what they have told you about what they think of Pat, what's the combination mean? I think uh, Pat, to me, looks more like a, a developmental player. Um, at the same time, though, he's a lot better than what they had now as far as a three-down tight end goes. Uh, we, we've talked about this a bunch. Eric Ebron, you know, he, he made Mike Ditka roll over in his chair or wherever he is nowadays. As far as like an old-school, traditional three-down tight end, He's a disaster. He may as well be a slot receiver who sometimes you know pinches into the line. Right. He's not going to do the, the dirty work that you need. Uh, I feel the team, the idea last year was between Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron, they can run 12 personnel packages. That's two tight end sets with the two of them being able to do different things. They really didn't have Vance McDonald. It, there's a reason why Vance McDonald and Marquise Pouncey retired pretty quickly after the season ended. They, they were done. Uh, yeah. they, they did not play well at all. And yeah. it was a major liability because the team didn't have a third tight end. They couldn't replace McDonald. They had to get him out there you know, hobbling along on one leg in his own right. They couldn't block anything outside. If you put Frymouth out there, He's able to do that. He's not a good blocker. Um, I have, with the exception of, of maybe Tommy Tremble this year, I've yet to see a, a college tight end who could be considered a plus blocker uh, coming out of college. They're just not. They don't teach that very much, especially when you are at least kind of a focal point of an offense, uh, of a passing game uh, on a college team. They're not really teaching them how to block. Um, Alfredo Roberts said up and down in in his uh, comments to the media about Fryermuth that, that he needs to block. You know, he and he and the the tackling dummy are going to get to be pretty good friends in mini camp mm-hmm. and training camp. There's a lot of work that he has to do. That's typical for a tight end. Uh, but they need him for 12 personnel packages on on week one. I mean, it, it's it's a tall task for him. They've got a lot of work that they need to do with him pretty quickly. But it's still going to be an improvement based on what it was last year. So now you've got the running back. You have somebody out on the edge who's at least going to try to get in the way of somebody, which Ebron literally did not do in some cases. 
uh, the, the ability to do that, the ability to move up field and get to the second level to block somebody, it opens up your ability to run outside zone, which mm-hmm. they could not do last year right. for a variety of reasons. Uh, they, they have much more versatility with them, and I'm not even talking about the passing game at this point. I, I don't know how many targets he needs to get. I don't think he's a great scene runner. I think he's going to be a more of a shorter guy, catch it where he is, and, and you know lean his six seven frame forward for another three yards. That that's value to what they're doing, but really it's having the presence of somebody who balances out a, a twelve personnel package that's going to give Matt Canada a lot more options of of what to draw up and what to call in different situations. Again, here's the theme. Situation football, they failed miserably all of last year. And just these two picks alone opens up uh, far more options than what they had. And these don't need to be all pro players either. They just need to be better than the guys that they're replacing, which, frankly, they both are. So it it works out really well. Yeah, Pat is is, uh, too fast for a linebacker. He's too big for a safety. Uh, He's really good on the route tree. Really good on the route tree. Never dropped a pass in the red zone in the three years here. Never did. And I think you might be pleasantly surprised a better blocker than you think. Um, I, so I think you know he's an upgrade over what they have. There's no getting around it. Now, I will freely admit I'm extremely prejudiced toward him. But uh, I I think he, he ends up being a terrific pick for them. Uh, and then, we'll, then we'll, we'll take it from there. Uh, then I want to ask you about this one. Last game I did last season uh, for Penn State, because they did not go to a bowl game, was Illinois, which means I had to sit back and look at a fair amount of Illinois video before uh, the game. I'll tell you the guy that really caught my eye on the tape over and over again was Kendrick Green, over and over again, whether he's playing guard or center. They picked him. What are your thoughts? I, I I was not familiar with Green before the draft. After they drafted him, I watched him quite a bit. I, I agree with you. I was kind of surprised uh, he didn't get any talk, really, about maybe even being a second-round pick. Um, typically, when I think of a second-round pick, it, it's usually the combination of a guy who doesn't quite grade out to a first-round pick or he's in the second wave of guys that has typically some type of high-level trait about him. Mm-hmm. He's a plus athlete. Yes, he is. More than anything, my thought would have been, like, he's too good of an athlete and there's too much versatility as far as being a guard and a center, uh, experience in both, and good tape in both, in my opinion. I would have thought he would have been a viable option for the second round. Um, whatever reason he wasn't, uh, you know, it, it, that's fairly irrelevant. This is a kid who's going to come in and play. He can do that. Um, my opinion it, is that they absolutely need a center. Um I think that the value of it, and most of the time, unfortunately for him, I think he's going to be cast in a very negative light because he wasn't Landon Dickerson. He wasn't Creed Humphrey. But I'll say this. Yeah. Dickerson would have been about as, as big of a medical red flag as they've taken no in, in the first two rounds. No ever. question. No question. Okay. And Green is not. And Green is not at all. He's healthy as a yep. horse. And the best part, this is what t- puts him over Humphrey, he can play guard. Yes. Humphrey's not a guard. Yeah. Humphrey is really a one-dimensional zone-blocking center. He's going to be very good at that. But if you want to run more versatile things, uh, you want Green. You wouldn't want Humphrey as much. Running gap, running power, Green's going to be able to do that. I don't think Humphrey's is really all that, that excellent if it comes to a different scheme. So you look at the athleticism as far as – uh, it, well, yeah, how about this? Combine power along with speed and quickness. 
that's green. I don't think that's Humphrey. And I, I'll even add this. If you are not sold, as, as the Steelers right now, where they sit in the third round, if you are not sold that your future 10-year center, to use that cliche, is on the board, you can take green. You can start him at center now. You can find your center next offseason when you have some cap space, and you can put green to guard. True again. To me, it's like, yeah, that's even better. He's even more versatile than you think he is. That's the kind of player the Steelers love to draft. They love versatility. Um, it might not be as, as apparent in this draft as far as the offensive line goes, but he is a, a, a huge fundamental piece for what they're trying to do, and he opens up options for them next year. I, th- I think he's their best pick, uh, mostly because he's going to get the most run right away. Well, no, I mean, Harris is going to be Harris, but you're going to see Green. I don't think they're going to start B.J. Finney over Green unless Green just has absolutely no clue what he's doing. I don't get the sense that he's that kind of a player. And, and you, you read the evals about him. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. He's going to be familiar with the kind of scheme that they're running. And he wants to be out there uh, playing. I think he's the kind of guy that can win a starting job. And that's perfect. That's what they need. You put him in uh, on day one and see where that takes you between now and, and next year. Uh, with with the ability to be able to move him somewhere else if you get a better option. So now you've you've really addressed your line in two years. It's possible for them to do that. Uh, Or he can be great and they can keep him in center and and find, you know, the guard maybe that they need next year. So uh, it's I I really like that pick. I like what they're thinking with that pick. I think he's a great fit for what they're doing overall. Look, there are only so many picks that you have. And not only that, you weren't allowed to do any in-person scouting this year. Uh, you know, that's why there's relatively few FCS picks. I mean, FCS wasn't even playing, so there weren't that many FCS picks out there. Uh, so what didn't they accomplish, at least positionally in this draft? I mean, because, you know, we'll find out how good all these guys are once they start playing. But what didn't they uh, account for positionally in the draft with the limited picks they had? Well, um, I think you're going to point to cornerback uh, pretty easily. When I say that, it goes along the lines with, with what you just mentioned. You can't address everything with a premium pick. Exactly. I feel if if you were let, let's call rounds one through three premium picks. Right. If we're looking at it like that, I you can't go wrong with, in my opinion at least, with with running back, tight end, and center slash guard. Right. Those are absolutely positions they needed to address. Yes. I would argue the the players they took at those positions at that point in the draft fit. The, the highest and best use, which is the combination of both the best player available at a position of need, I think you can make the very easy argument that Harris, Frymouth, and Green fit that better than anybody else would have. Yep. So, okay, um, whether they pan out, it, that's you know we never know that. But cornerback, if cornerback is the position that falls off the wayside, okay, uh, one of them was going to. You were going to have to kind of make a move somewhere. Um, perhaps they they address that. Shakur Brown, Shakur Brown looks to me like the, the type of player that they would have wanted to bring in. Yeah, uh, he, He's a slot guy. He's uh, not the biggest guy. Right. He's far quicker than he is fast. Mm-hmm. He, he looks to me to be the type of player that they would have wanted to draft if there was that type of player available when they were picking in rounds one through three. Yeah, I agree, I agree about Brown. I mean, to me, I mean, as a third-day pick, Brown's a good third-day pick. Yeah. He may end up being eh, and that's it, because you and I both know that. Look, if you're a first, you know, a first one through three pick, you have to play your way out of the league to not get a second contract. But if you're four through seven, you have to play your way in. He's got a shot to play his way in 
for the reasons you talked about, because he is a slot corner, not a pure corner on the outside. Yeah, I, I think that is, in, in my estimation, that is the position the Steelers would have wanted to address anyway. So, if you know, undrafted free agency is becoming such a, a market in and of itself now. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was kind of crazy to see guys uh, signing for like $180 million contracts. Um, the what was his name? The kid from Florida State, the defensive tackle, was signed with the Browns. Uh, they they gave him a contract that's bigger than their sixth round picks. Mm-hmm. It's like why didn't you just draft him? I mean, right. I don't, I, I'm not sure what the thinking is along those lines, and maybe there's just something like we really counted on signing him, so we kind of have to spend a little bit more. And in the grand scheme of things, it's deck chairs on the Titanic as far as you know finances go. This mm-hmm. isn't a huge amount to spend. Okay, but they're, it, it, it's becoming like its own thing now. It's like this, this mini tornado of free agent activity uh, to the point where we heard a couple different times that the Steelers knew that Brown was, was willing to sign with them in undrafted free agency, so they did not draft him. And I was kind of postulating that maybe that's what led them uh, to, to want to draft a punter with their seventh over, right. with their seventh round pick. They can take the punter because maybe Brown is already saying that, yeah, I'll sign with you if you want to pay me a little bit more than what you know a seventh round pick would get. Give me a little bit more guaranteed, and I'll sign with you. Okay, now we'll take the punter, and we know we can get this guy too. We got two players with one draft pick, and right. we you know spent roughly twice as much. But that's to be you know to be certain. You you want that. Um, there's a lot of value in both of those players because, frankly, a punter is absolutely a position of need. You know, they've been trying to get rid of yeah. Jordan Berry for years. They might actually have to do it now. Yeah. Um, and if Brown comes in and he can hold his own, he can be a dime back, a special teams guy, and compete at some point for, for slot coverage duties, that's a great undrafted free agent. You know that because they just did it with Mike Hilton, a guy that yeah. just signed for – Thirty million dollars with the Bengals, sure. so you, you might be replacing that. Um, there, there's value to it. I think top to bottom, it was a very value-adding draft, and this was exactly the draft that they needed to have. And they hit it from the first-round pick to, to their undrafted free agents. Right. They added the players that they need to add. Now you hope that you know they, they pan out at you know an above-average return, and maybe they're they're better off. But yeah. they always needed another free agency period and another draft anyway. Yeah. But this, to me, this was a great start. Yeah, and then in Lamont Wade too, safety, slot corner. They're going to take a look at him there as well. Neil, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks so much for the uh, great analysis. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, uh, Neil Kulong joining us on the show. Someone who always had confidence in my ability to have sources. Uh, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Uh, always the best in new inventory. I mean, the best. Fabulous pre owned inventory. All with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. <clears throat> And from sales, well, they'll always work with you. That's why they have so many repeat customers. Sales staff just does a great job of working with you. They have great product and great people to work with you. From sales to service, they take care of everything. Sunbury Motors, 
4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Great lunch today, by the way, with Steve Engel from Purdy Insurance. Steve was in town. Excellent. Had, had lunch. I mean, you were, spoke of uh, glowing terms. Roger, glowing terms. Uh, Michelle, glowing terms. Lawrence, glowing terms. Sammy, glowing terms. Um, anybody else? S-U-I-T. That spells suit didn't come out so well. All right, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this show's awful. <laughs> we had a great time today. All right, so what does the press release? It was no press conference. Uh, it's interesting that um, the seventy percent number is thrown around by both the governor and the president today. Now the governor threw around the seventy percent number in terms of fully vaccinated. The president of one shot. Not not uh, this is not meant to be political. It is not. When the president talks about seventy percent shots by the Fourth of July. With all due respect, right? Because you want to say that, see, you know, we're leading. I think he picked a goal they know they can reach. Okay? Not to be a cynic here, but I think that's... They didn't pick a number they didn't think they could reach. So far, all the numbers that they picked out have been, you know, like, really? That's the number? Then you start to figure out what it means. All I know is that it is trending in a... I'll give you an example. New York and New Jersey were two places that, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, the numbers were still high and it was a problem. And now you look at what's happened trending in just New York and New Jersey. Their numbers have plummeted. I know I read somebody was was saying something about well, there's still fifty thousand cases national. No, is it's been in the thirties the last couple of days. Much much better. So we'll see how it plays out. I mean, some there's still some hot spots in Oregon and Washington State are having some some worries right now. There was a report that Missouri was 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 not right, and then you're like, then you read I then I read into it like you know instead of just reading this stupid story. You decide to do your own research on it. They were talking about the percentage, unfortunately, unfortunately, of people who passed away, how the percentage had gone up by almost, you know, 20-something percent. And then you, then when you did the research, you found out that they went from 13 to 17. Now, that's awful for the 13 to 17. That's awful. But they made it seem like it went from 13,000 to 17,000. Like, uh, that's not correct. So let's see how this works out. Let's see how this works out. I think that it is a step in the right direction. 
it, it vindicated the sports department. I mean, you know, after the doubting Thomases in the news department. <laughs> what, you have sources? You have sources? I mean, I mean, this is the abuse I got for trying to inform the public. No God! No God! No God! <laughs> I said this two weeks ago. And it, all I got was, you know, a lot of off-air abuse. Yeah. Um, so, let me see here. Um, that's something else in here. It goes back. Ding, ding, ding. Um, I got it. To find it here. It was a text I sent. I'll have to look it up here. Um, yeah. Um, where is it here? And the text was was this. It was it was about the spikes. And the uh, and I sent the text back in early April. Um, what the heck? It was when the governor eased the restrictions the last time. Yeah, here it is. I sent it on March the fifteenth. This is March fifteenth. It'll be 50% by April 4th, 75% by May 4th, 100% by May 24th. Hmm. Well, that was pretty spot on then. Well, that's because I'm just a stupid sports guy, to, to quote the people in the station, the, do, the dumb sports guy. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, you know. F-O-U-L-E-D That spells foul Well, that's our news department I, It's just <laughs> you, you, you were just so mean about the whole thing <laughs> I have given credit where credit is due There, That is spot on right there I said that March 15th I'm not completely out of touch. I'm not in, in completely in La La Sports Land. <laughs> you know, what the heck? Because remember, what I do, I, okay, I'm the one person in the station that actually has been other places, okay, <laughs> in the it's past true. year. Yes. Okay, I, I know what the Michigan lockdown looks like. Been there, <laughs> okay, <laughs> like firsthand. I know what Nebraska looked like. I know what Virginia looked like because we were doing games. Michigan was the worst. It was it was the worst. Of all the places I went, I think I've been in what fourteen, fifteen states in the last year, something like that. Michigan was the worst. Uh, I remember where 
uh, I flew into Detroit. It was it was the day after Thanksgiving, and Governor Whitmer had just put in starting November fifteenth, an even stricter lockdown. And Jack Ham drove. So Jack drove from Pittsburgh to Ypsilanti. That's where we stayed. And I landed. I had an early flight, so I landed. Because remember, I did the show in Detroit. No, I, you know, in Ypsilanti, whatever. You know, you know what I mean. And he called me because I got in early enough, and he called me before the show. He said, hey, what's the deal on dinner? I said, where are you right now? He said, well, I'm in Ohio. I said, look, Jack, I'd pull over. I'd get dinner in Ohio. I said, I said, I don't think we can get dinner here. Like you know, in terms of like going out to get dinner, you know. He says, "Okay, all right." So I was done with the show at five o'clock, and you know the restaurant and the hotel is closed now. The next day they had for breakfast you could get uh, you could grab a bagel that was wrapped up, coffee, some fruit that was you know saran wrapped. And so forth. They had that. I mean, the hotel was trying the best they could. But for dinner, what I did was I had to go out. And I'll be honest, we we went to a place. It was a little strip mall next to the hotel. And they had a pizza place called Hungry Howie's. And, of course, you know, you were allowed to do takeout. So... I'm sitting there I'm trying to think what the heck game I was watching on a Friday night. And I'm sitting in my hotel room with my Hungry Howie's Pizza. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Then the next day I go to the stadium. and now Jack and I were laughing at this point because, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, every time you go to Michigan for football, it's 111,000 people. They're parking people at Pioneer High School across the street. They're parking cars in the in the rough of the golf course, which would make Alistair McKenzie roll over in his grave. <laughs> He's the guy that designed the golf course. He's also one of the two designers of Augusta National. And, of course, we're driving over. We get off at State Street. We're going down. Great. Day, left turn right there. Yeah, it's, it's easy to get to. It's not that hard, hard to get there. <laughs> and we pull into the parking lot, and we pull right up to the front. And Jack looks at me. He says, well, that's the one thing about the pandemic. He says... It certainly has made our trips in a lot easier and the parking a lot better. <laughs> so we tried to at least find the positives in it. But that that, that state that was the worst one in terms of like how restrictive the lockdown was. At least the one of what I experienced. Now hopefully we can all do this in the, in the past tense and keep going in this direction. But today was a, certainly a positive announcement. Um, what wasn't positive was the station reaction to it because um, it was so personal. It was almost like spiteful, hateful, jealous. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> uh, but Memorial Day. 1201 Memorial Day. It sounds, again, I want, but I will feel better about it once I see what the Pirates and Phillies are going to do. How about that? 
And I would think this, you know, this goes for high schools, right? Definitely, although high, I, we'll be wrapped up by mean, then. I, yeah, but I don't mean high school now. I mean high school fall. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Un- unless yeah. the school, unless individual school districts still put in their own measures, they can do that, the governor said today. And, th- and that would be the same thing for any of the sports teams. They can put in their own restrictions if they feel like they have to. I don't think that's going to happen, though, for the sports. I think you'll see full stadiums. Or as full as they can be. Well, look. Especially for minor league uh, baseball. Oh, minor league baseball. I think the spikes are – I know they're planning on – whatever they're allowed, they're going to do. And I think you got to say the same thing about what Gabe and everybody's going to do at Williamsport. Whatever they're allowed, they're going to do it. They tell you 100%, they're going to go for 100%. If everybody in the place has to wear a mask, at least until there's a 70% vaccination rate or whatever, they'll do it. I mean, I, I, I'm confident they'll do that. And here's the because other thing, too, that's interesting, Steve. I don't know if you saw this a couple of days ago. We had it on our AP wire here. The Penguins are exploring making, like, a vaccination-only section, and those fans would, I, I guess, would be... I guess Yankee. wouldn't have to at least social distance. I don't know. They may have to still mask, but yeah. they wouldn't have to social distance from each other. Baseball is doing that in some parks where the vaccinated uh, and the non-vaccinated are put in the upper deck. Okay. So some baseball, some baseball teams have done that already. Uh, Texas, the Rangers... Let them in. Yeah, them and the Braves right now, for baseball yeah, at least. I mean, I mean, Texas has been like that. I, let me put it to you this way. Let me give you a very important uh, benchmark for 10 days from now, okay? How did the Kentucky Derby turn out? Absolutely. Excellent point, because that was 53,000 there. 53,000 outdoor event. Spaced to a point. I mean, I, I've been to Churchill Downs. I don't know if you have, but I've been to Churchill Downs. I mean, there's only so much, you know. In other words, they didn't put people in the infield. There's nobody in the infield. So they were sitting in the stands and the suites and so forth. And for the most part, I think it was, I'm trying to remember now, a maskless crowd, right? I think that's a big test. If we go through in two weeks and we find that there's no upward tick in the Kentucky, Indiana region after that. Now, obviously, people come out of town for that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was there. He's not. He doesn't live in Louisville. And obviously, you know, Tom Brady doesn't either. But, you know, a lot of people live in that area. If there's not a spike, I think then that you kind of feel like it is a big step forward. How about that? Definitely. And also here in Pennsylvania, this just I, I this I just saw this a little while ago. Pocono for the their NASCAR weekend at the end of June has announced after today's announcement from the governor, they are gonna be full go as far as letting spectators in. Yeah, they were gonna do that for IndyCar and then they realized that they're already socially distant anyway. All right, so um, <laughs> that was cruel. <laughs> I couldn't resist, okay? <laughs> Some sports are socially distant naturally. Back when 
<laughs> He's sitting in there. He goes, I can't stand that guy. All right, back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is the their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, Doug Birdsong says Danville will have a non-socially distant IndyCar race at the upcoming film festival. You know, at the at the Ward 4 Film Festival in Danville, the suit wanted to put together a full presentation of the movie Ford versus Ferrari <laughs> with Matt Damon and Christian Bale. And he couldn't get rights to the picture. So they're going to do a locally produced production called Volkswagen versus Pinto. Oh, it just no. doesn't have the same. <laughs> no, not even. Look, the engine's in the back. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> Fabulous. Glad you noticed. <laughs> oh. Volkswagen versus Pinto. The movie of the week in Ward 4.